In that context, I'll talk about the regret. And I will say something to the effect of is you will regret this decision. It might take a year from now. It might take a month from now. It might take 10 years from now. It might take 20 years. It might take until you breathe your last breath and you stand before God. But you will regret this decision. I am yours. I am yours. I am yours. Send me, Lord. I am yours. I am yours. I am yours. Welcome to the Gospel Center Pro-Life Podcast, a podcast designed to equip, encourage, and challenge you in pro-life ministry and always with a focus on the gospel. Stay tuned. I felt your passion, touched your heart. Use me, Lord, use me, Lord. Welcome back to the Gospel-Centered Pro-Life Podcast. We appreciate you guys joining us as always. And we would appreciate if you guys would share this podcast episode, share the podcast in general with people that you think would be blessed by it. Our focus in this podcast is bringing a gospel-centered pro-life message to abortion centers. That's been the main focus. There's episodes that we do where we kind of speak of other things from other perspectives than just the sidewalk ministry, but we've sort of gravitated toward the sidewalk ministry and really trying to equip and encourage people because this is such a difficult ministry, Yes, and uh, we've learned a lot over the years in doing this ministry, and there's not a lot out there. Uh, that talks on a regular basis about the sidewalk ministry. It's such a unique scenario. Mm-hmm. And we feel like we have a unique perspective in this scenario. And so um, anyway, we hope that if you know people that are involved in sidewalk ministry, they'll be blessed by this podcast episode. We'll give you guys our email addresses at the end. If you have questions, maybe about this episode or other episodes, maybe you've got suggestions for future episodes, things that we can a cover, or maybe people we can interview or something like that. We'd be more than willing to consider that. So what's our subject for today, Vicki? Well, that we want to be above reproach Yeah. Uh, when we're out there. We are ambassadors of the Lord, and we need to be very careful that what we say is completely true. Yeah. Not just true, completely true. I think every one of us, as we go through this uh podcast, I think we will all recognize that, you know, there are times I exaggerate. Yeah. And does that exaggeration do harm? And I think by the end of this podcast, I think we would all maybe come to a conclusion it, it could. It could yeah. do harm right. to our overall message if any portion of it is found to be false. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a scripture that comes to mind, Psalm 19, verse 14, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Mm-hmm. Above and beyond anything else is we want to honor Jesus. Right. We want our words to be true. We want them to be acceptable in the sight of the Lord. Even out of pure motives, we sometimes may embellish the truth. Yeah. The fact is, though, the horror of abortion is horrible enough without us embellishing on the, the truth, adding to the reality of abortion. Right. It's bad enough they're murdering babies. Right, right. The wonder of a baby inside the womb and that miracle of life mm-hmm. is so awesome. Mm-hmm. Just speaking from a truthful perspective without embellishing or adding anything to it. So sometimes out of maybe good motives of our heart, we want to do the right thing. We embellish on how bad abortion is mm-hmm. or we embellish on how awesome you know, a baby inside the womb is. And um, 
and really the the danger is that you tell someone something about the horror of abortion or whatever inside of there they're going to do this or that we'll get in some examples of that inside of that building if you go in there they're going to you know whatever I, yeah. think, I think i gave an example before we uh started this episode of I've, I've heard people say on a microphone or out in front of an abortion center they're going to put a hook inside of your womb and rip your baby out like a meat hook or something like no that's not true actually right, right. and when women go in there cuz inevitably they're going to go in there and that doesn't happen yeah. then the person out on the sidewalk that said that is actually everything they said even the things that were true have all been discounted that's and right. all di- been dif- disproven. So that's the danger. First, we want to honor Jesus. Mm-hmm. And secondly, we don't want to give the enemy any foothold and any, we don't want to give him an inch, right? Right. So right. that you know, we say we embellish on something and all the other things we say are true. All those other true things get discounted and get thrown out. Yeah. Right? So, so one that I just thought of was I have heard many times People say that all the abortionists have terrible records, have broken the law, have no admitting privileges Yeah, to area hospitals. Yeah. Many have. I have, you know, gone over the records of many, but not all of them do have that, that kind of a record. Yeah. So when we say all of them and someone just has to come up with one that doesn't, we've just been discredited. Right. So you you may know your own facility, and for a while we don't know all the abortionists that are at the facility where we serve right now, but the ones that we do know, we do know their record, and we can speak about their record, what we do know, what's public knowledge. But if you don't know for a fact, it's best not to say it right? Yeah. because you will be discredited. You told me a story about someone outside of the abortion center that used to talk about the dead babies. Oh, in, yeah. In... Yeah, there was a guy who, uh, I mean, we may have mentioned him a couple times, who was not very helpful. His no. pro-life presence out there right. was not very helpful. He would yell all kinds of just weird things and just hateful, angry things, things like, if you have an abortion, God hates you. And all these things. He would also yell, and I heard him do this a couple of times, there's a 55-gallon drum of dead babies in the back of there. And I'm like, no, there's not, actually. <laughs> there's not. I understand what he's trying to do. He's right. he's trying to provoke them to, you know, to the graphic reality of what they're involved in and all, and all these other yeah, things. He's painting them a horrific image, and yeah. it is horrific, but it's not true. Right. It's not true. There's not a 55-gallon drum of dead babies in the back of the abortion center. The truth, though, is that there are baby body parts stuffed in biohazard bags. Like, Mm -hmm. that's the truth. Yeah. That truth, to me, is just as graphic as there being a 55-gallon drum of dead babies. Right. They're taking precious little image bearers of God, sucking them into pieces, and putting their precious little bodies in a biohazard bag and throwing them out with medical waste. Right. That's a grievous thing. Yeah. Now, understand that there's a 55-gallon drum of dead babies in the back is a lot shorter to say, and it has more (laughs) maybe emotional impact. Yeah. But it's simply not true. That's right. And anyone knows that that's not true. Right. Right? Anyone who's a rational thinking person would right away say, that's that's not true. Right. Right. And so 
Yeah. I mean, I think, again, that's maybe an extreme example, but we do need to be consistent in what we're saying. Yeah. Um, I heard some of our counselors, I think it was our counselors, maybe they were visiting, but they calling out um, the abortionist is a convicted rapist here. Right. First of all, that abortionist is no longer here. Secondly, he is not a convicted rapist. Yeah. He was arrested for rape, but he was not convicted. Right. And so... Words matter. That's yep. ca- character assassination. And now, you know, personally, I don't believe he had much of a character left to assassinate. But sure. nonetheless, that was not an accurate statement. Yeah. And uh, and so it, it should not be said. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, I've addressed it with people, laid out the facts. I will say this guy was arrested for rape. Right. Because that's true. Right. He was. There's a picture of him in his orange jumpsuit. Yes. Um, from his arrest. For rape. Right. And I will say that he pulled into the parking lot saying, rape them and send them here. A guy that was arrested for rape is going to pull in, you know, a year, I don't know how many years later, saying, rape them and send them here. Right. What a, what a, just a wicked guy. Right. 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 But he's not a convicted rapist. Yeah. Why does that matter? Because it's not true. So be it's not careful. true. Be careful what you say. But those other things you said are terrible in yeah. and of themselves. And the that's truth the... oftentimes is worse than the embellishment of truth. It is. And that is our basic point, folks. There are things we can say that are so powerful that are true. So be careful that they are completely true. Here's yeah. one of my pet peeve ones. I've heard it called out. Nationwide, I I hear it, not just people that are associated with Love Life, but, you know, other pro-life groups. I hear this frequently. Whatever you need, we will provide it. Now, I know the motivation. What they're saying is there are churches, there are people willing to help you. and, And the desire is so deep to help these women and to make sure that they understand that there are people that will help them. However, whatever you need, we will provide it. I can't back that up. No. I, that is not true. It is. It speaks to a desire to help these women. And what I could say that's true is whatever situation we you face, I know that we can link you with resources that can help. Yeah. That I know is true because I've, I've been at this a long time and there's right. never been a woman whose situation we haven't been able to help. We don't heal it. We don't completely fix it. But I know that there are resources that we can offer that that will help. And so that I have to change my words to be careful to reflect that. Yeah. Yeah. My common statement is whatever your situation is, we can help you. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not implying in that, nor am I trying to put in there that every circumstance we have some kind of answer, we can give you money for whatever your struggle is. I don't want to ever imply that because that's, again, that's simply not true. No one can do that. Right. No one can provide every need that these women have. Other than God. Under the, other than the Lord, right? Right. right. Um, but we can in any situation, because like you, I've been at this a long time and I've seen situations, very difficult situations that we've been able to find resources for. Yeah. Um, Finding those resources, connecting women with those resources is, in a lot of scenarios, the best that we can do. We can't force them to, you know, they'll say they're in an abusive situation with their boyfriend or their husband. If you're in that situation, we can find housing for you. We can find a resource, but we can't make you take advantage of that resource. And when you move into that new housing, if you take advantage of that resource, we can't provide all of your groceries and things like that. We can do our best. We can provide some of that stuff, but no one can provide everything. Right. And ultimately, we want to make sure 
in this particular scenario that we don't appear ourselves to be the provider anyway. Yeah, right? that's really we, we important. We cannot be the resource. We cannot be who they look to for all of their help. Right. That's not healthy. Even if we could provide everything that they need, it's not healthy for us to be the single resource of provision for them. Ultimately, they need to learn to lean on the Lord. Yeah. So that's why it's important in my mind to connect them with other organizations and resources that can walk with them through this stuff rather than just kind of having this mentality of we can throw money at your problems. And, number and one, we'll we can't it. do that in every situation. Right. And number two, money's not always going to solve. It's very rarely going to actually solve the problem anyway. Yeah. Right? And I have a great, true, completely true story yeah, <laughs> that I illustrates hope. this point. The, one of the counselors had called out about housing. And the, the man, that was their issue. Yeah. And the, the guy said, you can provide housing tonight. And they said yes. And I'm like, oh, brother. Yeah. <laughs> well, the guy left. The guy and the girl left. Yeah. And they called me. They had gone to McDonald's down the street and they called me. And he said, tell me about this housing you can provide tonight. And I was not the one that had said that. I, I knew nothing about their situation. Yeah. Could I provide a couple together with housing in the next few hours? No way. I, I could certainly point him to resources, but yeah. could I promise that? No. And they ended up coming back and aborting. He hung up on me when um, I tried to express what I just expressed, what yeah. the truth was that I could do. I would start calling housing. I did have a list. I, um, I'd be happy to email him that list. And he hung up on me and they came back and aborted. Yeah. So that's the danger. If you're caught in a lie, you lose credibility in everything that yeah. you legitimately can offer. And I know that counselor was not lying. Right. She was she was just caught up in the desire to help that couple yeah. and, and save that child's life. And I get that. Yeah, I feel the same way. But we really have to be careful. Yeah. About, yeah. And again, we we're say. not the we're not the resource for these people. We're not trying to point them to ourselves. We're trying to point them to the Lord. And uh, we don't have to feel like we need to answer all their questions and meet all their needs in order for... We've said it. We did a whole podcast about this, that even if we couldn't meet any of their needs, even if we had zero resources, zero connection with any ministry organization, zero connection with any church, all we had was our voices out there saying, don't kill your baby, we would still be justified and standing out there saying, don't take the life of your baby. Right? I think that is one of the most important things I have heard you say. I've heard you say it at training. And um, and I think it is so important that we all keep that in our heart. Yeah. It is great to offer resources, and it will often help kind of get, make the people want to come talk with us because we've offered them something. But... We are there. We are completely justified in being there because what they're about to do is take a completely innocent little baby's life, and and that that should not happen. Yeah. We should yeah, be allowed I mean, to, if, to speak. If, if we turn the scenario around a little bit, mm -hmm. and let's say they are killing three-year-olds inside of that building, and we're standing there and we're saying, don't kill your three-year-old, don't take your baby in there, your three-year-old child, your toddler in there to be killed. And we're watching women walk their toddler in there. And someone walks up and says, are you offer Are you going to adopt their three-year-old? Are you going to take care of them for the rest of their life? Yeah. Would we then say, well, okay, yeah, you're right. So Go we'll ahead, probably go in there and yeah, kill I mean, the baby. What can I say now? The right? three-year-old, right. 
Resources is one of our three talking points, right? Yeah. But it's not the most important. The most important is the Lord. I mean, this boils down to this is a violation of God's word. Killing innocent people is a violation of God's word. These babies are made in the image of God. And whether we have resources to meet their needs or not, thank God we do. But we still are justified. And again, we can't meet all their needs. So to say that we can meet all of their needs is just not true. It's not true. Stick with the truth. But what you just said is so important and so valuable, and that so resonated with me that I actually will say that over the microphone to the mothers. I often say that after I go through the resources that we can offer, that we know we have, and then then I say exactly that. But if we had none of that, if we could offer you none of that, we are still justified in standing here telling you that your baby is precious and that God would not have you take that innocent life. Yeah. And please don't do that. Please don't kill your baby. And I think that is fine. I think it is fine to remind them of that because not only do we not want um, our counselors feeling that unless we offer resources, we're not justified in standing there. We want to be sure the moms and dads know that yeah. as well. Yeah. So um, another one that I, I hear a lot is the baby will die in excruciating death. And again, that is just probably not true. Yeah. It's probably Um, not always true. Not always true. Although scientifically, there's been some studies that have been done on how a baby feels pain and things like that. So further along in pregnancy. Right. And we're not going to drill into all of that. Yeah. Um, You guys Google it, search it. When does a baby feel pain? There's conflicting evidence. Right. But to say that that baby is going to... going to suffer excruciating pain is not necessarily the truth. Like right. We're embellishing on something. It could be true. It could not be true. And you even have, I won't get into the depths of this, but you have any, like in certain states, fetal pain laws where they pass laws to restrict abortion because at such and such, I think it's 20 weeks or whatever. 20 weeks is where they agree. It probably yeah. They probably do feel pain earlier. Yeah. They probably don't at the in that first at least early in the first trimester. Almost certainly they they don't. Yeah, yeah. So and just to bring it back to to the to the real truth here, whether they feel pain or not is irrelevant. Right. You don't kill people. I mean, let's right. say there's a human being that's born, and maybe this has happened. Maybe it's a disorder. I'm not sure. But let's just, in a pretend scenario, imagine there's a baby that's born that doesn't have the the neurological neurological functions in their brain to be able to feel pain. Yeah. Can we therefore dismember them because they can't feel pain? Of course Obviously not. Obviously not. Right. right. Because someone yeah. can't feel pain. You know, people in a coma can't feel pain. We don't go and hack them up with a machete. Right. Yeah. We don't yeah. find it as a society justifiable. And so if we as pro-lifers push this idea and understand why people do it, I'm not trying to dig into all of that, the politics and all that stuff. But if we want to put value in human beings based on the fact that they can feel pain, then we're it's, it, talk about counterproductive and counterintuitive. That's counterproductive and counterintuitive. Right, yeah. So right keep, keep coming back to the truth. More important, really way more important than whether they feel pain or not, is that they are going to be literally ripped apart limb by limb in an, in an older uh, baby in the womb. And that is a human being, yeah. a living human being that that is happening to. Whether they feel pain or not, that is just a... Um, 
a travesty. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. A and so in this particular point, we're not saying that that can't be true. Do right. your study, do your yeah. research on this. I will say if there are 20 weeks or past, that baby is going to feel pain. I, I think we solidly know that. Yeah. Before that, again, that's irrelevant to me yeah. in reality. Yeah. What's relevant to me is that's an image bearer of God that's going to be brutally murdered. Yeah. That's a reality. I'm not embellishing on the truth. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. Again, whether they feel pain or not. Yeah. Now, I will say when I have someone w- who's with me, I'm counseling, and maybe she's got a 16 or 17 week old, I will say, you know, there is, there is a good chance that that child is going to feel pain. And then I'll describe the neurology that when the cortex isn't fully developed, that the pain receptors are not inhibited and the pain is more excruciating than what we would experience. And can you imagine the pain of being unanesthetized and having your arm ripped off? Yeah. Um, And that is um, another point that I think we talked about earlier. I don't think we've mentioned it in the podcast is we're not doing any of this to emotionally manipulate or if we are, be careful yeah. Uh, because we don't, we're our attempt is not, or it shouldn't be to manipulate, but it is okay to call upon an emotional response that a normal human being should have. Yeah, it is a normal human response to hearing the fact that a living human being is going to be ripped apart limb by limb. It's a normal human response to feel horror, yeah. and that is what happens in a surgical abortion. Yeah, yeah. So it is. It is that is completely true. And it is okay to say things that are completely true. Yeah. And if their emotions are, um, you know, inflamed by that statement, well, they should be. Yeah. And yeah. it's not because I want to manipulate. It's because I want you to have a normal response to what you are about to do. Right. Yeah. Oftentimes, the way to a person's mind and to their cognitive reason is through their emotions. Right. So it's not wrong to play on emotions. It's not yeah. wrong to appeal to someone's feelings and to lay out the facts and here's what's about to happen. Here's the truth. But what is wrong to embellish on the truth for that sake, right? Yeah. Play on their emotions by embellishing on the truth. We want to make sure that the words of our mouth, the meditations of our heart are acceptable in the sight of the Lord. What we're saying needs to be true. And again, like we said, the truth is horrific enough. We don't have to add to it. And sometimes right. we shoot our own selves in the foot <laughs> yeah. for lack of a better um terminology there um, by trying to embellish on the truth. Yeah. I am an author and use exaggeration as a literary tool a lot and to make my story more exciting. So the thought that exaggeration is not a good idea in this setting as someone out on the sidewalk was at first a little bit hard for me. Because it's very natural for me. I use words that exaggerate or embellish. And I've had to really scale that back. I've had to really be conscious of that. And I think that's what we're saying in this podcast. Be careful. Be careful about exaggeration. Because it it is sometimes perceived as willful um, false statements. And and we would never want to... Speak falsely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so um, just to kind of wrap this thing up, I don't know if you wanted to make another point um, along these lines. One of them, another just last one is that, because I hear it so frequently, is people say women will immediately regret their abortion. Yeah. And again, that is not true. 
statistically, that is not true. The, I know in my own experience, it was not true. What yeah. I experienced was relief. Overwhelmingly, what women experience immediately following an abortion, at least in the studies that have been done, is relief. The The regret um, tends to come later yeah. when they're, there's a, a – really, they get over the shock. They get over the immediate situation that caused them to be there in the first place and then regret can set in. Yeah. But I like what you said. Maybe we could close with that where you, where you talked about where – there will be regret one day. Yeah. Yeah. When I talk about regret and I do use that yeah. as I'm talking to women and it's not the first thing I'm going to come out and, and say, I'm talking to the men. I'm not going to come out and just say, Hey, you're going to regret this. It's not going to be the first thing I'm going to talk along the lines of our three talking points. Yeah. They're accountable to God. But when I get into the more in depth in the conversation, I will talk about the regret that's going to come. And even if I'm on the microphone or whatever I'm speaking, um, in that context, I'll talk about the regret, and I will say something to the effect of is you will regret this decision. It might take a year from now. It might take a month from now. It might take 10 years from now. It might take 20 years. It might take until you breathe your last breath and you stand before God, but you will regret this decision. And I don't want you to live with regret, and God doesn't want you to have eternal regret, so don't go in there and take the life of your child. That's kind of when I'm talking about regret. Because it is true, and I've had many conversations, one of the things that the pro aborts kind of throw at us, women don't regret their abortions. That's an absurd statement. Yeah. We, You and I both know, and we've seen it on a regular basis, women that do immediately regret their abortion. Right. There are women that we watch walk out of the abortion center that have stopped in the driveway on the way out after having the abortion that immediately regret that decision. Women that take advantage of the abortion pill reversal, right? Those are women right. that regretted the decision to take that abortion pill. So there are many women that do regret, yeah. but the idea that every woman regrets an abortion immediately is not true. Right. It's not true. Now, are there women that do? Yes. Do many? I mean, we can get in all the numbers. I haven't read all the studies that you have. But also in talking to the pro-aborts, when they talk about women, are, women by and large feel relief when they have an abortion. Okay, that may be true. That may be true. That doesn't make abortion okay, right? But also we imagine that there's a scenario in which regret and relief can exist in the same heart and the same mind. They certainly can. Yeah. We've all made decisions that we regret, and we're relieved by those decisions. Yeah. Oftentimes when we sin, that sin brings some kind of relief. I mean, think about sex outside of marriage. There's a certain amount of relief that comes with that decision, yeah. right? But then there's also regret. Oftentimes. Yeah. So those yeah. two things can exist in the same heart. Mm -hmm. My point with that is like we want to make sure we're not embellishing every woman regrets an abortion as soon as they have it. Not true. Yeah. Many women do. Many women don't. Reality is everyone will when they stand before the Lord. Then we're bringing an eternal perspective. Yeah. So we're not embellishing on the truth, but we're actually building on the truth, the truth that there is regret and bringing an eternal perspective right. to that. Right. That truth. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So we hope that this uh, this episode was a blessing and encouragement. Do you a challenge to you guys? Maybe there's some other things, and certainly I'm sure there's many other subjects that we can get into. I think we'll probably learn from our own selves, our own mistakes, where we embellish on the truth and we have to be corrected. 
And uh, so if we have more of those things, maybe we'll bring some of those things to you guys. Maybe you guys have some things. Maybe you have some pushback on some of these things. Maybe you say these things on a regular basis and you think, well, hey, these things are perfectly okay. I'm not embellishing the truth. We'd love to hear from you. I'm willing to be corrected on mm-hmm. these things. More than anything, and I know Vicky is as well, more than anything, what our desire is, is we want to honor God. Right. And we trust those that are listening, your desire, you want to honor Jesus. And so if there's anything you feel like you could add to this conversation, we'd love to hear from you. If there's future episodes from other subjects or whatever you'd like for us to cover, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to me, Daniel, at lovelife.org. You can reach her at Vicky at lovelife.org. We hope that this was a blessing to you. And until next time, God bless. God bless you all. Nothing's too precious since I met you.